This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Thank you for joining us. We took a little hiatus, a little week off last week. I was on vacation. With Von uh, Miller. With Von Miller. (laughs) I went to uh, Tulum, Mexico with my wife. It was our first vacation since COVID. We had our kids home for six months between the months of, I think it was March and, and September. They've been home a few weeks at a time here and there because their their school was shut down because of a positive COVID t- case, you know, somewhere in the school or whatever the case may sure. be. So it was a much needed vacation <laughs> and it, it was nice. And I did end up meeting, meeting Von Miller because we were both at the same beach club. My wife had no idea who he was. <laughs> uh obviously uh but and all the girls that von miller was talking to had no idea who he was either until we came up to them and oh you know listen i might have had a couple drinks you know what i'm saying so a little <laughs> little liquid courage i walked right up to him i was like hey man what's up big man you know like so we started talking and like all the all, and the girls that he was talking to um you know they were uh, a lot more intrigued uh you know after that because you sure it wasn't because of you Oh, it, well, it was because of me, uh, you know, <laughs> reacting the way I, I was reacting towards you didn't him. You flash and, that and, you were upper I, hand I, fantasy? I, I, they, no, <laughs> I acknowledge the fact that like he was big time um, and that's how they got super excited. So I think he was very appreciative of me, which is why he was like, hey, man, let's take this picture and, and get out of here. Um, <laughs> no, it was cool, though. So we went to Tulum, Mexico. It was fun. It was a good time. And then I put so much pressure on Joe to, you know, record a podcast as soon as I got back on Thursday, but we couldn't, we couldn't get it done. Yeah. While you were in Tulum, I sprained my ankle. Oh, so you couldn't have done the podcast anyway. You can't do a podcast with a sprained ankle. Yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. All right. right, I'm just saying that was my experience on the week off because you had this awesome Tulum vacation where you met Von Miller. I just kind of sprained my ankle and stayed home. So that's fun. Oh, that sucks, dude. That sucks. Well, you know what? I mean, some people have to have some good weeks. Some people have to have some bad weeks. Some people you know? need, need to make sacrifices for <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, all right. God. So are you all recovered? Are we all good for this week? I think we had a nice week off. Well, I did at least. Um, so we're going to get back into it. This is April. That means that is draft month. Yes. We're going to go over all the prospects from quarterback to tight end to wide receiver to running back. We're going to go through it all this month so that you can kind of guess what our episodes are going to be about throughout yeah. April. Um, today, we're going to cover the quarterback and the tight end position. Um, we're going to go over the top prospects um, there. Uh, we're going to obviously look at this from a, a fantasy perspective, right? Obviously, you know, you, you have, uh, you know, everybody from Todd McShay to the draft scout to all these guys talking about this stuff in real you know nfl real life terms and that's great and all that content is out there but we're going to focus on the fantasy perspective obviously the real life stuff matters and the real life stuff like plays into like how we evaluate these guys as well but that's the kind of perspective we're going to take so now i think the tight ends uh, are more important to talk about in, in dynasty purposes like because outside of kyle pitts you usually aren't considering any tight ends for fantasy purposes. Like you might get excited about some guys, uh, but I think Kyle Pitts is an exception, right? Because he's worth taking a shot on because of the special talent that he is. Yeah. No matter where that guy lands, he's going to be, I, I think he's going to be at least very fantasy relevant for that year, one year, no matter yeah. where he lands. I, I think so. And, and as far as quarterbacks go, I, I want to talk about the guys 
who will likely be on the fantasy radar from day one. And those are the guys who have the added element of rushing the ball. Would you say so? Yes. Yeah, okay. of course. So, and I think there's only one guy who really can't rush the ball. We'll get into that. Though. Mac we'll Jones. Yeah, right. Mac Jones. Kyle <laughs> right, Shanahan's so, love. And not like, and not that guys uh, supposedly, allegedly, right? So and, allegedly, that's true. Allegedly, that's true. allegedly, is he true. is he is the betting favorite to go to San Francisco right now. I actually just placed a bet about an hour ago uh, on on uh, Justin Fields. Fields. Yeah, I was about to say because I think he was like plus two twenty five. I think the bet was or plus two fifty something like okay. that. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, him them trading up to get Matt Jones, man. Like, I don't know. Like, they, anyway, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, so, and also, I'm not saying like like the guys who won't be rushing the ball, like won't be fantasy relevant, but the guys who do, like, they make it easier for us to evaluate yes. who will be fantasy relevant, right? And then their ability in the pass game, and then their ability to stay healthy, that will then determine whether they continue to be the starter for their respective team, and they can continue to be fantasy relevant. Um, and I think in this draft, who are we looking at, right? We're looking at Justin Fields, and I think we're looking at Trey Lance, like as those like main guys who we know will be using their legs a lot. Would you agree? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence had his fair share of using his legs, and he had a lot of success doing that as well. But um, yeah, I, I'd say more so Fields and Lance. Yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson uh, definitely has that ability. He can scramble. Well. Yeah, he scrambles and he had some big runs too last year. Um, sure. you know, and, he, and he'll tuck and run it. So, and you know uh, what? That's what I was saying before. It really just comes down to everybody but Mac has the ability yeah, to run. Yeah, pretty much. Game. Pretty much. But like, you know, it's important to note like, is someone going to be close to like Lamar? Like, like the scale is like Lamar Jackson to like Tom Brady, right? Like, that's the scale, right? And, and scale. I think, I, I think guys like Justin Fields and Justin Fields, especially, I think he's like closer to like the Lamar Jackson. You know, he's not there, obviously, but, like, he's closer to that level. Sure. Trey Lance a little bit behind him. And then I think, like, you know, L- Wilson and Lawrence, like, a little bit behind them. It's funny because it could go, like, both ways to, like, <laughs> Brady's rushing down here. Brady's passing up here. Lamar's rushing up here. Lamar's passing down here. So it's – oh, just hit my microphone pretty hard. I'm not used to it. <laughs> But, yeah, the, the spectrum works bo- both ways. <laughs> Hey guys, listen, we had a week off. All right. Like we uh, just I just hit my microphone you know, twice. <laughs> well, you were using a lot of hand movements. So I I was, I, but... I, I, I <laughs> no, not a problem. Uh yeah. So Trevor Lawrence has that ability, like you said. <laughs> uh I think he's more of a pocket passer, right? Like with the ability to escape, yeah. pick up those first downs, and also be a threat in the red zone, right? As well. So uh, kind of, and you know, it reminds me of like, and these rookies have been coming and kind of doing something like that, like Justin Herbert last year, right? Uh, similar what, what we saw from Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers over his career. Uh, and it, I think it'll make a difference for guys like Lawrence, like even though they're not known as like rushing quarterbacks. We saw what Joe, Joe Burrow did last year too. Joe Burrow scored three touchdowns on the ground right before he got hurt. Justin Herbert scored five touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. So it, it's worth something, right? So you know, he's not going to give you 30 to like 50 rushing yards a game. Like I think Justin Fields and, and Lance are capable of, right. Depending on what kind of offense they're on and like what kind of, you know, how comfortable they are throwing the ball, like what kind of schemes they're in and that sort of thing. Um, one guy like who will be taking later in drafts, Kellen Mond, you know, wanted to mention him, um, give him a little bit of a honorable mention that he definitely has some wheels as well. Um, he's a little bit more like looks like a little bit of a robot like when he's throwing the ball but like he can definitely run the ball um, and, and we'll get to him too so okay so Mac Jones right um, he's not going to be that guy right he's a pocket passer um, he's extremely accurate though right like he has great timing on his throws uh, but he's not going to be scrambling around like there's not going to be many designed runs dialed up for him um, yeah <laughs> yeah none right if now if one of these mobile quarterbacks though are drafted by the 49ers, like we were talking about, look out, right? Like they're going to make an instant impact uh, and break into the top 10 fantasy wise in year one. Sure. Right. Um, and to be honest, like if the jets, you know, they have the pick, they have the second pick, right. If the jets shore up their offensive line, just a little bit, um, that 49ers scheme is in New York. Obviously the 49ers have a better offensive line and all that, but 
Um, I'd be interested there as well. Like, like, you know, Zach Wilson, you know, that's what it looks like right now that he's going to be the, the, the number two pick. Um, it's not set in stone, but that's what it looks like. You know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep my eye on him as well um, because, you know, there can be some, you know, he's, he's a playmaker, you know, mm-hmm. now, if you had to like, think about, you know, if you had to like, just put some money on it and say like, okay, which quarterback is going to give you the best bang for your buck? in year one fantasy wise who would you say justin Fields. so like situation aside yeah i want to say justin aside. fields because trevor lawrence jacksonville we know for a fact we know for a fact he's going to be in jacksonville and we know day one he's going to be the starter and that's not going to change for 16 games justin fields if for some reason he gets drafted by atlanta that may not be you know that may not be the case um, Atlanta seems to like Kyle Pitts and there were some rumors they were going to take a quarterback earlier, but now it's kind of sizzling out. So we'll see. Um, maybe he gets, maybe the Broncos trade up and get Justin Fields. If it is the 49ers, I think he's the best bet to be fantasy relevant year one, but as a player, as a guy who can make dynamic plays with his arms and legs, uh, I definitely put money on Justin Fields being that guy in year one. Yeah. I would say the same thing. Like, I think it's, uh, yeah, like you said, if Atlanta takes a guy quarterback, you know they're, they're going to sit behind Matt Ryan, right? Um, yeah. Unless they, unless that team, unless the Falcons end up trading Matt Ryan, which I doubt would happen. But this contract, I don't see it happening. Yeah, and um, but there's a chance that you know there's a bunch of quarterbacks that get a shot to start, you know, relatively quickly. Like if the Broncos end up taking a quarterback, you know, it, it could possibly be a little bit of a competition. Maybe Drew Locke still gets the Week One start, but he's going to be on a short leash. Yeah. Uh, that sort of thing. It really depends, you know, like, you know, it's very possible if they do end up drafting a guy like Justin Fields, if he drops to them, right. That, you know, Justin Fields just straight up beats lock in a competition and can't, it's very possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, you know, this is a scenario where like, you know, and this is not something we see every year where like, you know, four, potentially four, five quarterbacks go in round one and, you know, or like four in the top 10, yeah, who knows what's going to happen, man? This is going to be a crazy draft, but um, I think uh, there's a chance that we see a bunch of these quarterbacks become starters right away. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think Justin Fields uh, and I think Trey Lance, he's right there, man. Like, he's right there. Uh, you know, there's a chance that the team drafts him before Mac Jones. It's possible. You know, he, he, is, he is a relatively, you know, he's a one-year wonder. Uh, he's nowhere near as accurate, you know, as, as, um, as a, Fields, that no, as uh, Jones, as Jones, okay. as Jones, right? So that's the only thing. Like Fields is like Fields is really accurate too. Like he's he might be the most accurate quarterback in the in the uh, in the draft. Um, but, but yeah, uh, what I do want to say real quick about Mac Jones and his accuracy is it seems to be a case with Alabama quarterbacks just being in the perfect situation. I mean, like Tua, what was the thing everybody touted about him was like the most accurate quarterback in the class, the most accurate quarterback we've seen in years. And that just kind of seems to be the story with Alabama players, because guess what? They have a great offensive line. They have like a a long history of Hall of Fame, NFL stud wide receivers. I mean, we got Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. Like there's a ton of guys just as of recent. And especially got like two, at least two Alabama wide receivers get drafted in the first round. It seems like every single year. So talent is there. Offensive line is always there. Scheme is always there. So the Alabama quarterbacks are always in a situation to succeed. They're going to have time to throw and they're going to have the right weapons in place to make the play. So, yeah, I mean, you can look at film and see like Mac Jones making the right decisions and making accurate passes. But I feel like a big part of that also has to do with the situation he's in. Um, Trey Lance, I feel like the big thing with Lance is his decision making. And I think that's what sets him apart. And uh, he's just a smart, smart quarterback. He didn't not, he, we mentioned the, well, you mentioned the one year wonder in Northwestern or in North Dakota. Yeah. North Dakota, not Northwestern. He didn't throw a single interception through the entire year. He's played, I believe 17 games in his career and he's not thrown a single interception. So yeah. um, Just decision making. He he has had some, uh, turnover worthy plays for sure like he's sure. Had, definitely had some dropped interceptions but hey man it's not it's not on the stat sheet it's not on the stat exactly. sheet, right? and that's fine um you and know I you can't say I the saw, same thing about matt jones i saw a stat as well that um trey lance 
out of all the players in 2019, the average turnover worthy plays was about 3.1% for quarterbacks and Trey Lance was at 1%. Wow. So that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, like this guy's decision-making is out of this world. Um, North Dakota state isn't exactly a factory like Alabama where they got all these stud wide receivers and stud weapons, but he made it work and he opted out of last year. So we'll see how that affects his draft capital. But um, everybody's only saying like Trey Lance has the highest upside, like next to um, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if the guy really plays like he did in 2019, he takes that decision-making to the NFL, he could be an absolute stud. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, so. Well, so are, are yeah. you, are, do you think that Trey Lance has the highest upside of all these quarterbacks? Uh, next to Lawrence. I, I would say Lawrence obviously higher because, you know, he's, right. The Peyton Manning, the Andrew Luck, the next big prospect, but um, yeah, I, I, I Zach, see Trey I would Lance Zach, upside. I would say Zach Wilson. Man. <laughs> I think Zach Wilson, like, okay, you know, he he has a very wide spectrum. I yeah. think, right? Like, I've heard he Patrick be, Mahomes comps. I've heard, yeah, you have you hear Patrick yeah. Mahomes comps. You hear Mitch Trubisky comps, right? You hear yeah. Johnny Manziel comps. Uh, I mean, a Johnny Manziel comp like now is terrible, but at the time, like it was, it's a good comp. You know, Johnny Manziel was sure. supposed to be, uh, you know, the the thing. I, I think what really, you know, the, his off the field stuff and his partying and all that kind of stuff is what, you know, ruined him. Right? It wasn't his play. Um, and, I mean, his play suffered because of the fact that he wasn't preparing and all that kind of stuff. Self admittedly, right? Um, mm. So yeah, no, I, I. But the way, that, like his arm talent is amazing, man. Like Absolutely. the stuff that he could do and the stuff that. He, he he sometimes he does a little too much right and that's a knock on him um but he tries to do different things he tries to be patching Mahomes sometimes right uh but at the same time like i think his arm talent and all the stuff that he's capable of as long as he like fixes up his uh decision making a little bit i think that's that's where you know that's where the knock is on him um In- but going i i just want to quickly sure. just talk about mac jones's uh accuracy real quick right um, and you know, sports info solutions, uh, is, is one of the, uh, databases that kind of provides a lot of sports, uh, data to like a lot of websites and like, you know, a lot of different, sure. you know, fantasy analysts and stuff like that. Um, they actually have a metric it's called X on target. And what that Ooh. is, is that it evaluates like only the accuracy and, and of a core of a throw and not the final outcome of the throw. And it okay. also takes, it also takes away uh, whether a wide receiver or, or or any receiver helped the quarterback make a catch that wasn't accurate. very interesting. It's super interesting. Mac Jones was actually number two on that list. Uh, number one was actually Kyle Trask. Now with Kyle Trask, right? He has issues with decision-making and all that kind of stuff, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of have to watch the film too. But as far as accuracy goes, it's really impressive that the fact that, yes, Mac Jones had the weapons. He has the scheme. Uh, he did obviously have better competition. Right. He had like probably the, the toughest competition out of all these guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was still on point, even though he had an amazing, obviously, he had amazing wide receivers. Right. And to, offensive to, line, too. And offensive Austin's line, line sure. plays a big part of that as well. I mean, they have yeah. uh, a couple offensive linemen who are going to go first, second round easily. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So now when we talk about accuracy, um, now, I, which is obviously a huge, uh, factor like when, when we're talking about the NFL, like I think one of the main factors that scouts look at is accuracy. Sure. Um, now, what, what I want to say about that is that for if you're looking at guys who are going to come into the NFL and are going to be accurate, you want to make sure that they have good decision making. You want to make sure that um, from an analytical perspective, um, there's something called uh, EPA, right? Or, or it's called expected points added. Say right? the environmental protected <laughs> expected points added, and what that is, it's a it's a metric that quantifies uh, every play that the that a player is involved in, right, and whether it helped with the likelihood to end up scoring on that drive. Okay, so like if wow. you know, let's say Justin Fields, like you know, throws like a thirty yard pass on second da- second and eight, there, there was an expectation based on what uh, all the data compiled in that same situation. And that is the expected uh, result, right? And when a player, this is super nerdy guys, by the way. So like, just- Yeah, bear, are you bear, like bear, some like so, so just bear with websites? Me. Like, <laughs> just bear with me here, okay? <laughs> so what this uh, calculates is like, okay, cool. Like how much did a particular player help 
a team down the field? And, and, and did they help them increase their chance of scoring? Okay. And player profiler uh, actually did a study where they looked at how much does these, how much does this metric correlate to fantasy success? Okay. Uh, and for quarterbacks, uh, the correlation is 0.63 or 63%. So that's a pretty good correlation right there uh, between EPA and quarterback fantasy points. Um, and we're talking about in the NFL, obviously. Now, with, for wide receivers and tight ends, it's in the 80, 80 percentile. So it's even more, uh, even a higher correlation. And mm-hmm. we'll get there too. Um, now, I do have a list for you in terms of the quarterbacks we care about and what their EPA per play was overall in college. And, and now- their EPA. And their EPA per dropback. Okay, so now the higher the EPA, the better, or you gotta yes. So the okay. higher the EPA, the better because um, you you're basically measuring how much did they add to whatever was expected. Okay, basically. All right. So I'm just that was for the audience. You know, I just want to make sure yeah, they no, no, understand. No. <laughs> I totally understand. Totally <laughs> know exactly. What you're... <laughs> and okay, I, so EPA tattooed anywhere. Okay, good. By the way, this is for 2020. This is not going to include Trey Lance because he wasn't, he didn't play, right? School didn't yeah. participate. Um, but this is, this is from, <laughs> this is from, it seems like you're high on Trey Lance, man. So um, this is according to Sports Info Solutions, SIS, which is great, great source of sports data. Sure. For, so for, this is for 22, 2022 per dropback. Mac Jones, number one. Zach Wilson, number two. Trevor Lawrence, number three. Kyle Trask, number four. Justin Fields, number five. Okay. Now, overall EPA per play over their college careers. Number one, Trey Lance. Number two, Mac Jones. Mac Jones, I have to. Number three, Justin Fields. Number four, Trevor Lawrence. Number five, Kyle Trask. Number six, Zach Wilson. Now, Zach Wilson is at number six on the second list because we know that he took a huge step forward in 2020, right? Like his numbers in 2018 and 2019 weren't anywhere close to what he did this past season. Like these numbers show the difference between what was expected, you know, in down distance situation, variety of other factors that statisticians use and how much these quarterbacks added on top of that expectation. Now, my understanding of Zach Wilson and the offense they ran at BYU is that in a way it's kind of similar to like the Shanahan type build where you have a zone run scheme that sets up play action down the field, right? So that's a lot of what Zach Wilson was working with at BYU, which makes me think if he really is going to the Jets at number two and they have uh, Michael LaFleur from the 49ers coming in and using that same system, as long as they can get a good enough offensive line to protect him, he might have a chance to really succeed in a place like New York. So, yeah, um, I, you know, definitely need a running back because we saw, I mean, like running backs, we can say that aren't important, but like the Steelers last year could not run any play action because they had the worst running game in the NFL. I'm sure there was one or other two, two or three other teams who were also at the bottom of the barrel in terms of running, but they could not get a consistent run game. It hurt big Ben. It hurt their chances of making big plays down the field. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's important that the Jets get like a Travis Etienne or Najee Harris. And we'll go into running backs in a later episode. But I think it is important for the Jets to run the scheme with Zach Wilson to get some of these guys. Yeah, man, I hear you. I think that's a good point. You know, I, honestly, I think the Steelers, even if they had a running back, dude, I still don't think they would be running play action last year. <laughs> like, I just think there was... They were, no, they probably the wouldn't, but it would definitely help like if they wanted it, to. It if Randy Fisher got his head of out course. of his ass. Of course, it would have helped because, you know, defenses weren't accounting for their run game, you know, and their offensive line too didn't help. You know, and this year the offensive line is even worse. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if ben, Big Ben can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, 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 that's something else. So now, uh, so now, you know, when we look at accuracy, right? Like, um, when I think that's one of the most important traits, arm talent being a close second, right. And the, the two things together make a great prospect, right? So like in this case, in this year, Trevor Lawrence, right. In addition to the leadership he brings, like he has the trifecta, right. He has, basically he has it all. He can make any throw. Um, he has great decision-making he's accurate. Uh, and he has leadership. That's, he's that's not getting why, nervous in the pocket. 
and that's why he's great pocket presence. He doesn't click his heels like, you know, he doesn't bounce up and down like he knows what he's doing. He knows how to move around the pocket, go from one reach to another. And we'll talk about that. You know, he might not be the best in terms of going from his first read to second read out of these guys, but like he has the whole package. Right. And those type of things can be developed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So now I'm going to geek out a little bit more and I'll be done soon. I promise. I'm going to just turn back. <laughs> in terms of accuracy, the NFL uses completion percentage, right? But NFL Next Gen Stats, and I, and I know a lot of you guys probably heard of this already, NFL Next Gen Stats comes came out with something called CPOE, which is completion percentage over expected for quarterbacks. Uh, and that gives a better picture of true accuracy and decision-making, right? Uh, it includes like average depth of target. So you're not like counting a completion that is five yards to a running back as the same as a completion that you're throwing like 20 to 25 yards down the field. Um, that's thrown into the formula. Uh, if, if a pass is more difficult than another pass, it gets weighted into that formula, right? Uh, so college doesn't have that tracking data uh, that NFL Next Gen Stats has, but Sports Info Solutions came out with their own metric called PCOMP, which has a 90% correlation to CPOE. So they use that. What was it called? Evaluate. PCOMP? PCOMP. 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 Basically, complete, completion percentage. So they just put the P oh, okay. in front of the comp. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, um, okay. I'm glad it's not called PCOMP. So, so they use that to evaluate these college quarterbacks. Uh, and they charted all these guys using that formula. So here are the rankings for that. Number one, Mac Jones. Number two, mm-hmm. Justin Fields. Number three, Zach Wilson. Number four, Kyle Trask. Number five, Felipe Franks. Number six, Peyton Ramsey. Number seven, Trevor Lawrence. Number eight, Trey Lance. Number nine, uh, Kellen Mond. And number 10, Jamie Newman. I love how you were rooting for certain guys to be. Um, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I, what was I, it? Felipe? I, I'm sorry. Felipe Franks. Felipe Franks. I need to know where Felipe Franks ends up if he's even in this draft class. Yeah. Well, Felipe Franks has a lot of issues. Uh, so, you know, this isn't like a, you know, a gospel <laughs> as far as like how good these guys are going to be. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it is a little bit of a better metric than simply completion percentage, right? Sure. And remember, completion percentage isn't everything, but it's worth knowing uh, how accurate these guys are. Um, so Mac Jones on top of the list when it comes to EPA per dropback, second EPA per play over his college career, and first in what I'm going to call, you know, completion percentage over expectation. So, can he have success as a pocket passer? And this is the point I'm trying to make sure, but is he someone I'm aiming for in fantasy? No, because he first has to prove that he'll have a ton of three passing touchdown games for me to be interested. So that being said, right, a guy who's not really mobile, an offense in San Francisco where they're okay with that. Like Kyle Shanahan wants his pocket guy. And he wants a guy who can hand the ball off to their system of undrafted running backs. They want a guy who can, uh, you know, drop the ball off to Debo Samuel on a wheel route or Brandon Ayuk in the slot. Like they just want someone who could drop it off to George Kittle on the outside. They're not looking for someone to carry the ball on the ground and be that focal point of the offense. Cause it seems like the 49ers know their identity as an offense and know what they're looking for. So and look, if you're saying he's accurate, I mean, if, if you're going to have a situation where, okay, we don't need the quarterback to run the ball. We're not going to get Trevor Lawrence. And we just want a guy who's accurate. We just want a guy who's not Jimmy Garoppolo. We want a guy who can complete a pass and not overthrow someone in every single play, which by the way, Mac Jones, I don't know if you saw um, during his pro day, he had an overthrow and then it cut the bill Belichick. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's love it. It was, it, was, it was almost like a meme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it like the office. Like it was like Zoom to like. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but um, and it was like giving everything was like giving Kyle Shanahan like nightmares of when Jimmy G overthrew in the Super Bowl. That overall, um, George Kittle, George Kittle. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but point being, like, if you just want an accurate quarterback who can sit in the pocket and run this offense, Mac Jones might be your guy, especially if Zach Wilson. And um, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence are gone. Obviously, Justin Fields, a guy everybody likes better. I like Justin Fields a lot better than Mac Jones in terms of what he can do with his feet. Um, but again, if if you want a guy to just sit in there and throw the ball from the pocket, Mac Jones might be your guy. Yeah, it's funny, man. Like, okay, like you said that you know Jimmy Garoppolo isn't as 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 accurate. I mean, 
he hasn't necessarily had like accuracy issues, but he's missed throws. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. for me, I kind of see him as like another Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I feel like, you know, that's uh, the thing too. That's uh, <laughs> it's so weird. Like, like I, why would if, they go move up to draft another Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> exactly. Like, if the 49ers do draft him, I, I think he can succeed in the scheme, like you said. But it's almost like I feel like any quarterback can succeed in the scheme, right? But it's almost like you're giving up Jimmy Garoppolo for another Jimmy Garoppolo, which yeah. is why I don't think the 49ers are going to go in that direction. Like, and that's why I place that bet. But like, you know, both guys like did you put down. Oh, I just put like a hundred bucks something like that. Uh, just a hundred yeah. bucks, like a fucking yeah. broke college kid over yeah. here. <laughs> Sorry, <I chill> for a <laughs> hundred bucks. <laughs> just a hundred bucks. That's all. Uh, but both guys, down. both good, good. Congratulations. No, um, did you drop out? No, <laughs> graduated. <laughs> guys. <laughs> but like, listen, both guys uh, are not that mobile. So like, it'll be a little bit weird for me to see that happen if they go and yeah. pick Mac Jones. Like, I don't know. It'll just be a little weird. Listen, I trust Kyle Shanahan, obviously, and and you know John Lynch and all that. But like. I don't know. Is it, you know who I don't trust? Who? John Gruden. Everything he does. And and uh Mike Mayock. That's the GM, right? I definitely don't trust Mike Mayock. He is he has done he has he has done some questionable he things. Kind of has he CD Lamb. GM, he's I don't, I don't know, man. He is I don't know. He seemed very smart when he was on at ESPN, but now I don't know. Um but yeah. Anyway. From a fantasy perspective, I am not interested in Matt Jones. If he goes to the 49ers, then he'll be fan- he'll be somewhat fantasy relevant. Uh, but it's not guaranteed yeah. in, in, in year one. And um, it sounds like the 49ers are still like holding firm on their love for Jimmy G for whatever reason, even though they're obviously going to pick a quarterback with their third pick. So it could be Jimmy G to start and then Mac Jones to finish or whoever comes in a quarterback. I, I still think Jimmy G is going to get a start towards the beginning of the year. And then right. he might be a guy who could be traded at the deadline. Because the 49ers, yeah. I don't know if you know, have like five quarterbacks on their roster now. And they're expected, obviously, to draft that quarterback third overall. Which, I mean, at this point could mean nothing. But, like, if you're really going to have five quarterbacks on your roster right now, you might be trying to figure out who that third QB might be in case you trade a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. Just a little theory. Yeah. I mean, his he has a no trade clause, I think. And I think so. He just have to accept the trade, but if he's not going to be the starter, that shouldn't be an issue. He would have to accept the trade, Um, and that dead like the dead cap is supposed to be ridiculous. So, so the next team is going to have to take off something. So, Patriots, Uh, I do not want them to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So Justin Fields, he is he might be the most accurate. I mean, I know what these numbers say, but he's extremely accurate. Like he might be the most accurate quarterback. Some games he's averaging like 80, 90% accuracy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, you know, combine that with his rushing ability. Right. And then like, you look at, listen, like he might remind you of Cam Newton. He's a big guy, right? He's not as tall as Cam Newton, but he's a big dude. He's six, I think six, three, you know, he's, he's a big guy, but he has, he he doesn't have accuracy issues like Cam Newton does. Right. Like you, he he has a rushing ability that Cam has, but he may not be as big, but he's a big dude. So like the things that will hold him back in the beginning might be some decision-making, you know, things like that. Maybe like getting from one read to the next. Holding on to the uh, ball. Exactly. Getting better at getting rid of the ball, that sort of thing, you know, in blitzes. Um, but at the end of the day, man, like if he's a starter week one anywhere, I'm going to be looking at drafting him, you know, you know, in the, you know, after the 10th round. Yeah. And I mean, look what Jalen Hurts did in like two or three yeah. weeks. I mean, he quarterback, like play wise, he was not great at all, but he was like a top three, top five quarterback in that three week span where he was a starter. Yeah, and that's and because put, of what he was he able to numbers. do with his legs. Yeah. And he put up good numbers too. So decision-making wasn't completely there for a guy like Jalen Hurts, but like overall he produced fantasy points and, um, yeah, for Justin Fields, it's like imagine if Lamar Jackson could like throw. Like right, that's right. like he's not Lamar Jackson, but at the same time, like he has the ability to use his legs like Lamar Jackson. And one of the running backs that I looked at and I wasn't a huge fan of, by the way, which we'll talk about later, Trey Sermon. Um, he didn't get a ton of opportunities on the ground because of Justin Fields and because right. of what he was doing on the ground and how that took away from the other positions. So yeah, um, which also, by the way, if he is going to be not necessarily a primarily a running quarterback, but typically that does hurt, um, you know, the running backs production in the receiving game. 
And we saw that in, in Baltimore. There's just no targets there for the running backs. And depending on when Justin Fields goes, if he goes to San Francisco, that could decrease the value of guys like Raheem Mostert, who I'm not drafting anyway. Um, depending on where else he goes, it might hurt them in that aspect too. So something yeah, to figure so. out. Yeah, and I think last year in Arizona, Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray, you know, as much as, you know, Kenyon Drake was supposed to be a lot more involved in the past game. Yeah. Right? I think though him and Chase Edmonds, um, if there was a more uh, traditional quarterback back there, they would have got way more targets than they did last year. Yeah. Because, you know, there was a lot of – Kyler Murray ran the ball a ton, right? Um, so that's, that's kind of what you want to look for. Um, so now Trevor Lawrence – uh he like i said you know he can hit anyone on any route he can make any throw arm talent is there accuracy is there decision making is on point um like what about now let me ask you this like what about lawrence makes him the overall number one pick in the draft right and if you're in a dynasty league let's say you're in a super flags two quarterback league is lawrence your number one pick over all these other quarterbacks in a super flex in a super flex dynasty well i guess over other quarterbacks you don't really matter but um yes yeah i mean look it's like your number one overall pick in a super flex two quarterback league in in a rookie in a rookie draft yeah (laughs) yeah i think he kind of has to be because first of all we're talking about what separates him is the fact of just the raw talent and raw intuition he does not get like even when he's pressured in the pocket he does better like this is just not a guy who has the nerves and that's something that's going to translate so well into the nfl um, like you said, he can do all aspects very well. He throw the ball down the field. He can run. Um, he's got zip on the ball. He's got good deep ball accuracy. Like he can do everything you want a quarterback to do. And then the fact that he's been the best quarterback at his level since he was in high school. I mean, this guy's high school accolades. I, I believe he was the second best high school football player ever. And that was behind Vince Young. Yeah. Or the, Steve all, Young. All eyes, all eyes have been on him for a long time, and he's yeah. delivered. And he and, and that's delivered. the thing, too. Like, it's not just one year of production like Trey Lance, who I also it, love, by the way. It, it, but it's, it's, kind it's, like, it's kind of like LeBron. Year. It's kind of like LeBron, right? You know how, like, LeBron was, like, dominating from a very early age? Yeah. And, like, people – he was on the cover of, like, Slam Magazine when he was in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? And stuff like that. And all – and ESPN was covering him while he was in high school. That's kind of – like, it's not on the same scale because basketball – like, high school basketball, college is, like, on a bigger scale. But, like – and he didn't go to college, obviously. He went straight to the NBA. But, like, my point remains is that when the, when the pressure is on you from, from a young age and you continue to deliver, that, that, that means a lot. Yeah. It yeah. does, and um, that's what sets him And he won a championship as a freshman, you know? Yeah, he never won so. a Heisman, though, and I find yeah. that so funny. Like, of course, he doesn't win a Heisman. He was second, I believe, uh, his freshman or junior year, but no, he, he never ended up winning a Heisman. Right, right. Now, I would say that Justin Fields, like, in a, even in a dynasty, I would say that Justin Fields would be, like, a home run pick if he were if he hits. yeah. Right? I want a guy like who's going to win me leagues, right? I understand that Lawrence is going to give me stability, right? Or at least, you know, he has the highest chance of giving me stability at the quarterback position for years to come in my dynasty league, right? Uh, but I, it, you, if you want to go for like the most upside, right? I think if Fields is giving me 40 to 50 rushing yards on the ground, let's say, and let's say he gives me six to eight rushing touchdowns in a season, right? Um, and that, that's being conservative, I think. If, yeah. he, if he if he has the type of production and continues to stay accurate and he develops his decision making uh and he ends up in san francisco for example like i'm all in man from a from a fantasy perspective in dynasty like i think that argument you know is there for him to be number one overall i can see that but i think what really benefits lawrence is the longevity yeah. i mean if you have patrick exactly. right now on your dynasty team you have a quarterback one for the next 10 years right right injuries and, and, aside and you know, time he misses, but that, but that's what sets it apart because, um, you know, in Jacksonville right now, they had a ton of cap. They didn't really use all that much of it. And they're going to have more cap next year because the cap is expected to go up and they're going to have more future round picks to use to get a better supporting cast cast around uh, Trevor Lawrence. And he's got a good coach with him who hopefully can translate to the NFL. So he's got a lot of good paces 
pieces to set him up for a very long time to be a very good NFL quarterback. So if it does play out, I mean, I'm saying the next 10 years with Patrick Mahomes, but realistically, Patrick Mahomes is in his early 20s. He can give you another 20 years of 100%. being your fantasy QB1, you know, like now, in the dynasty league. Let's say Trevor Lawrence doesn't turn into Patrick Mahomes, right? Uh, who okay. is like the uber alpha quarterback one, right? Um, okay. Let's say he turns into, I don't know. Like Tom Brady... Deshaun Watson. Like let's say he turns. Watch. Let's say he turns into Deshaun Watson. Okay. Well, Deshaun Watson has a lot more rushing ability, so maybe that's not a per, not a great example. I think maybe he's more analogous to like Justin Fields, right? Where where he's giving you some rushing, yeah. but he's primarily a passer, right? Let's True. say he turns into. I know what you're trying to say like a middle of the pack, like low QB one type guy. Matt, Matt Ryan. Sure. Is but that, like is Matt that a, Ryan is that a in good, his prime, in his prime, like Matt Ryan, like ten years ago, maybe. Um, how about okay. Drew Brees? Well, Drew Brees is also he, he he's been killing it too. It's hard, but you know what I mean, he, though, right? Like, but you know, I'm what, talking about you like, know what that goes to say though is sure, like even sure. if he's not like that his whole career, I think because of the fact that I, okay, by the way, Kirk Cousins I think is a perfect. You think so? <laughs> Just like because Kirk Cousins has been a top ten quarterback, he's been in that top fifteen. But you never feel good about, about it. Year. It's like there's not, no stability I'm not saying talent wise. I'm saying right. fantasy wise, like sure, where he sure. ends up. But like but, you're trying you know, to aim, you know there's also a uh, a feeling that you want right inside sure. and that feeling is that oh i'm i'm good at quarterback you know what i'm saying yeah. i'm good at quarterback right now like i'm stable if you had drew Brees, you know you know like 10 years ago 8 years ago you're like oh i'm good at quarterback right now yeah. like i don't have to worry about that and that's what you're going to that's that's the benefit of drafting trevor lawrence is that you know that's what you're hoping for you're hoping that you never have to worry about the quarterback position for the next 10 years uh, you just have to worry about you know your backups and stuff like that. In the super flex, sure. you have to you know you have your primary quarterback one. And if we're um, gonna get really detailed about um, you know longevity of quarterbacks, yeah, sure, a guy like Justin Fields who is going to be a rushing quarterback, who knows how long that would last him? And let's yes. say like when he gets to his early thirties, I mean look what happened to Cam. He gets one foot injury and now he's just really not the same guy without that rushing ability. So yeah, I hate yeah. to say it. But, like, if you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback one, right, in your dynasty league. Um, you might have like, five or six more years if you're lucky. If you're lucky, right? I mean, it takes that one hit, right? Like, he's a pro, he's he's a, he's just a dynamic playmaker on the ground. And if he loses that, you don't have much right now, yeah. right? Especially the fact that he has no weapons, right? Oh, oh never mind. He has Sammy Watkins. Never mind. I take that back. I take that <laughs> back. Um, but, you know, so, you know, and, and you're – honestly, like, if I have – Someone like Lamar Jackson, I I don't feel great. <laughs> like I wouldn't feel as good if I, I you know if you, someone has Patrick Mahomes, you feel good because you you have the confidence that you know there isn't a high likelihood that he gets hurt all the time. Sure. With Lamar Jackson, you're like okay, this can happen at any point. You're kind of I'm, I'm not gonna. But by the way, everyone who has Lamar Jackson in your fantasy team, I'm not gonna wood right now, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I do want to mention that like Justin Fields, if he can progress into being a good and accurate NFL quarterback, which he's shown to be very accurate. I mean, he could have a career track similar to Russell Wilson to where he ran a lot early in his career, but the last three or four years, two or three years, it hasn't been Russell Wilson running for over 500 yards and six or seven touchdowns. It's been sitting in the pocket, throwing it and scrambling when you need to, you know? So I I think there's like that comparison. Because like, there is a different career track you can take if you are successful successful with your arm i don't necessarily see that for a guy like lamar because that's never been his strength so like you said five or six years maybe um but even so like russell wilson's been great in the situation he's in but justin fields you might have six or seven years of that great rushing quarterback and then it might fizzle into um you know just like an average low end qb1 mediocrity yeah mediocrity yeah yeah so 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 you you're saying that we got to just go for that slam dunk you know, take your guy. Take, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, twenty yep. years, twenty years yep. of being potential low end QB one. I'll take that. Chilling. Not worrying about driving, drafting a quarterback for twenty years. Obviously, Chilling. you need bye week fillings, but right, yeah, yeah. And in the super flex, you know, you want to try to get that quarterback who's in the, you know, be the rocket and the team. Look, it's twenty twenty one. Tom Brady is playing until he's forty four, right? What are quarterbacks in the new age of medicine and all, you know, making the game safer, supposedly, over all these years? 
how long are quarterbacks going to play to in 20 years from now? Right. Well, I mean, the game is going to a place where like the, the game is looking for these mobile quarterbacks. Right. Uh, and yeah, the game is moving towards a safer environment for the quarterback where every little thing is penalized now. So the defenses mm-hmm. aren't, you know, attacking the quarterback as they, as they yeah. or at least hitting them as and they used to. To the point about the rushing, like a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who's not going to predominantly be running the ball every single play has a better chance at longevity. But right. yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. No yeah. technicalities, so, but I think so. Zach Wilson is number two on a lot of people's draft boards. Um, in terms I, I of think mock draft, or you think mo- in terms of like mock draft, prospect. mock draft, uh, yeah, that's yeah, mock drafts. Yeah, uh, he has the highest chance, in my opinion. Of, I, I hate to say like the next Patrick Mahomes and the next whatever, but I, if if someone had was going to be that guy, like I think Zach Wilson has the closest shot of being that guy. Um, in terms of like wild plays, right? Like he can, sure. he, he can also be Mr. Trubisky, right? He can also be somewhere in the middle and become like Baker Mayfield. Something like that. What? That's a Jets quarterback in a nutshell. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, he had, <laughs> he had, so I think out of all of the quarterbacks in, I think he has the highest variance. He has the most upside. He has downside yeah. too. And I think he has the highest ceiling, like in terms of like legit quarterback play. So, like the angles at which he he can throw the ball, right? Like the highlight real types of throws he seems to make effortless, effortlessly at times. Like sometimes he just yeah. flicks his wrist, dude, and the dude, ball is like from his pro crazy. Day, running this way across his body. That throw like, was serious. Like a lot of people talking about like, oh, there's no defenders. But yeah, like try making that throw. Like that throw is impressive, dude, because he hit that dude in stride, you know? Um, but yeah, so, and another thing, like while watching the film, you know, this week, me and Joe, you know, really like we researched these players a lot. We did, we took a lot of our time out and, you know, to really watch this film and to prepare for this podcast. I've already and, like, crammed for the wide receivers and running backs. So I'm good. Yeah. But and just so you guys know, <laughs> like we were not, we were not watching highlights. Okay. Like we don't watch just highlights. We watched, we watched film. I watched other people analyze film as well. Yeah. Um, so and like the the thing that I loved about him most is how he, he escaped defenders in the pocket, right? And sure. that's something that can put him in the upper echelon of the league. Like the way that like you know you see Aaron Rodgers escape and then make a big play. The way you see Russell Wilson escape make a big play. Uh, you remember when Tony Tony Romo used to do that, right? That's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff that can make you go wow. You know, with with uh, Zach Wilson, and I think. If he if that translates to the NFL, man, like he has a lot of creativity, he has a lot of tricks up his sleeve, and I think that you know he is the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes when it comes to that sort of stuff. Um, now, yeah, he's gonna need to get his decision making right, though. Sure, yeah, right, like not making the right read, not realizing a guy's wide open, throwing it to double. Like, so I think there were some plays where like guys were wide open, and he just he would just throw it to double coverage somewhere else, right? Blindly trusting his guys, that could backfire. Yeah, and I think the problem with that is his release and his timing, which, you know, if you have, like, a safety net within your offense, I think, like, if Keelan Cole can – and I'm just talking about if he's already on the Jets. But if sure. he has that safety net to kind of help him with his timing, I think that'll be huge for him. I think it'll be somewhere where he should be looking often. But, um, you know, trying to hit these guys downfield – and that's the thing with him is timing. So <laughs> – We'll see. Um, if he is going to be in the Jets, he's going to have to learn how to, you know, get out of tackles and squirm around in the pocket. So, <laughs> right, right, right. I, I think in the Shanahan scheme, like which is in New York now, uh, I think he can be protected somewhat, like through scheme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like through some movement, through some play action, through some, uh, you know, things like that. Where like they're good at, you know, not having the quarterback do too much if that makes sense like kind of like let the scheme handle a lot of the you know and cover up a lot of things when it comes to like the line uh you know not being ideal right now so that's one place where like you really want the jets to improve on um if you want anything out of this offense um now kellen mond um is someone i wanted to bring up because of the fact that he has legs too he has rushing ability right he can beat defenders he has legs he has legs, two of them, as wow. a matter of fact. Uh, <laughs> and depending on the offense that he's on, they might ask him to do a lot of the design runs he was asked to do in college at Texas A&M, which is a pro-style offense, Jimbo Fisher offense. Um, now, he was one of the most experienced quarterbacks in the draft, which has shown some, shown to mean something, by the way, in terms of success 
translating to the pros. Um, but his knock is his accuracy. Like Josh Allen was able to fix his accuracy after he came into the league. But that, I think Josh Allen is like one of the exceptions. I think he's one of the sure. rare cases, right? It doesn't always happen. And a lot of coaches believe that like it's very, it's almost impossible <laughs> for a lot of these quarterbacks to fix accuracy, which is why it's so important coming into the league, whether, you know, these quarterbacks are accurate already. You just um, need Stefan Diggs. That's all. That's it. That's all, you, that's all you need. Um, now, he did have a good offensive line in college. Uh, he wasn't asked to throw deep a ton, but his landing spot is going to be interesting. So that's something I'm keeping an eye on in, in, in rookie in rookie dynasty drafts, like as a later pick, a super flex type of thing. Um, I also want to know what his year one opportunity is going to look like, right? Like what team he's on, that sort of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah. It's, so It yeah, seems like um, the Patriots are – they haven't had – I've been following this closely because, you know, I think he'll be perfect there, dude, by the way. But and goes to show the Patriots have not had a lot of virtual one on one meetings with players. I don't think they've done any of them yet. Like they've um, they've done some calls and stuff, but they haven't had a sit down meeting with any of the guys. But they are planning one with Kellen Mond. Interesting. Well, I you know, I was actually on a media call with Texas Tech yesterday and I asked one of the offensive linemen, at least, I think it was a guard. I asked him, I was like, "Hey, like, did you, like, who did you meet with?" And he didn't mention the Patriots. And I think they met in in the Senior Bowl in person. You know, yeah. so that's probably the only place that they're meeting them. Like, I think the Senior Bowl is one of those places that they're meeting players, but that's about mm-hmm. it. Um, but it is interesting, though, man. Like, because the Patriots do things very differently than the rest of the league. You know, they they probably do a ton of due diligence and then they probably knocked out knock out all those interviews at once. You know, once they kind of like know because I think they might not want to get skewed on like, you know, because like for example, the guy I'm talking about, um, he he has his personality is amazing, right? And like, you know, you don't want to get skewed too much but with character when the ability isn't there. Right, so I can totally see them doing that towards the end of the process. Yeah, and the Patriots are great at throwing out smoke screens too. This right. year, their whole thing is they're huge on Justin Fields. Now they really like Kellen Mond. Last year, it was oh Justin Herbert. The Patriots are head over heels for Justin Herbert, and then it was oh they have interest in James Morgan, quarterback out of whatever. Which, by the way, I think is hilarious because I think the Jets picked like a few picks before the Patriots won their own, and they literally drafted James Morgan, and they haven't done – not that they were planning to do anything with him, but I think they literally just did that out of spite <laughs> and out of chance that the Patriots, like, might have wanted this guy. Oh, man. That's Which I think is hilarious. Here. I can't – obviously, there's nothing to confirm that, but the biggest rumor was that the Patriots really liked this quarterback late in the draft, and the Jets, like, sn- like snagged him, like, right before the Patriots were going to pick. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so – yeah, so we mentioned those guys. So we mentioned Trey Lance. Uh, Trey Lance, Lutes. by the way, like he he has imagine, a strong, he has the strongest he arm, years. dude. Wait, imagine if he played two years. Imagine if Trey Lance played two years and he didn't throw the in, any interceptions last second. Two years and no interceptions. That'd be impressive. He might go number one, dude. Um, I mean, I think you know the year. fact that the fact that you know teams are willing to draft him very early, you know, potentially in the top ten. You know, it means a lot. I mean, he he missed a year. You know, so oh, he'll like, go top ten. Yeah, I think so. He he has the strongest arm in 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 the draft, right? Um, he is yeah. you know one of the best runners, if not the best runner in the draft. And you know, he didn't even play last year. Now he's not he's not great in moving from read to read. You know, um, you know sometimes like oh, well, you know, I, I would actually I shouldn't say that. I should say that sometimes he's not as good moving from read to read. Um, but he's one of those guys who can be a huge difference maker in fantasy football, right? He's not as accurate as these other guys, um, but honestly, like, I think he'll be fine. He, like you said, his decision-making is good. He can literally be um, in a Lamar Jackson or Cam Newton type of situation somewhere where he isn't asked to throw as much as most teams. Like in college, he only averaged 18 passes per game. Um, you know, and he lowers his head like Cam Newton. So hopefully he learns to like not take those hits like we were talking about. Uh, he's big yeah. enough to take them, but you know, that's, that's going to add up. Um, and in, in that, that one year that he played, dude, he ran for 1100 yards. He ran for 1100 yep. yards, threw for 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, that's a ball. Of, that's a ball of year right there. It is. So uh, he's super, super intriguing. Um, 
but yeah, man, like, so these quarterbacks, like, you know, there's a lot of other quarterbacks, you know, it'll depend on where they land uh, after the draft. We'll definitely be ta- talking about landing spot, how that affects their value based on if they have other QB, QBs they're competing with, you know, or if they're sitting behind someone for now. Um, but yeah, a- any other notes on any of these guys or anyone I didn't mention that you wanted to touch no. on? Okay. No. All right. Sounds good. All right. So let's get into tight ends. Um, all right, man. Kyle Pitts, right? All you need to know Kyle Pitts. is that it's worth taking a shot on him and redraft. And I'm doing so as early as the ninth round. I have no idea where his ADP is going to land, but I'm taking the lottery ticket. Even if I or end up with zero. Yeah, I don't care, dude. I don't care where he's going to land. Like, uh, uh, even if I end up with zero from him at the end of the day, he's worth taking a shot on. Like, he's a receiver in the body of a tight end. He's 250 pounds. He's 6'6". His wingspan is stupid. He catches with his hands. He makes difficult Tesla. grabs. Uh, he goes up and gets it. Like, he makes plays after the catch. He can win vertically like a wide receiver. He can block. So, like, he's what you're looking for, right? Like, he even has – like, in college, he's been going up against number one corners at times and winning against them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I think when you're talking about a position that is so scarce, you just got to take that shot. Like, if I'm in a dynasty league, tight end premium or not, like, how high are you willing to take him in your rookie draft? Like, I think you got to consider him – Super early, number one pick, maybe. If you don't have a Waller, you don't have a Kelsey, Kittle, tight end premium, like, I don't think it's a question. I think you got to take him first overall. Tight end premium, obviously, (laughs) without a doubt, he's going to be the first pick, um, or at least in that top three area. I draft a lot of times in Dynasty rookie drafts by need. Um, I mean, not always, but, like, if I'm really killing for a tight end right now, and I specifically traded up to three, which I don't think people in my league are really going to bite for Kyle Pitts at three, but I'm going to take him there because I just love the player. Um, like you said, perfect profile. Four, he ran a 4.44 at the combine. Last tight end to do something like that was Vernon okay. Davis, who ran a 4.38. <laughs> About, you know, back in the day. And Vernon Davis, through his career, has was a fantastic fantasy asset. And uh, even at the end of his career in Washington, like he, he still had times in his mid to late thirties where he was becoming, you know, he had his relevant cases and he made big plays. So yeah. Whenever um, Jordan Reed got hurt, like he was always fantasy relevant. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Which meant all, all the time. Yeah. But you know, as a whole Kyle Pitts is just that guy. He's like you said, the receipt, he's the best receiving asset in this class. He's better than yes. Jamar Chase. He's better than Devonte Smith. Easily. Right. He, he would be a first rounder, even if he wasn't a tight end. Like yeah. if, he was listed, if he was listed as a, as a wide receiver. Now, like, I get it in your dynasty league, like, in your dynasty rookie draft, like, you want Jamar Chase, you want Najee Harris, sure, you'll get – but, you, you know, like, for me, it's like you, you're going to get wide receivers, right? Like, and I'm okay taking those guys if I have a legit tight end, like the ones I mentioned. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. But, but that's it for redraft for me. Like, even if keeper – even keeper leagues, like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not going anywhere outside of Kyle Pitts – you know, as far as tight end goes, like, yeah, here are the guys you can consider in dynasty rookie draft. Right. But don't go overboard. Right. Pat, F- Pat, how, how you pronounce it? Pratt fire, fire move, fire move, fire move, fire move, fire move, fire move. I'm just like some, <laughs> so some, some, a lot of people compare him to, to Gronk. Um, and I can see like what yeah. you're kind of saying, like he can I've separate. Heard- Right, I've he heard can, the he baby Gronk. Yeah, type he things. can run. He can run routes, and I think the reason why people are saying that is because um, he can break tackles and he can block and he can run routes. I think that's kind of that's it, pretty much. Yeah, I, I think when he's blocking, he does lack a little bit of strength. I think Gronk, what makes him such a great blocker, is the fact that he could overpower a person so easily. Pat Fairmouth more like a smart, like controlled blocker. Like he'll stay on his block and he'll push them to the side that he needs to go. But he's not, you know, he's not going to overpower and like pancake the guy he's trying to block. Um, he's a possession tight end. I, he's not a deep threat. You know, Gronk, if he needed to be, he could be a deep threat. And, you know, Pat Freemuth maybe playing like a Mike Gazicki type slot type of role in the possession. You know, he could be good. He's six foot five, I believe, right? Like six foot five, six foot six. So he, he was basically the same size as Gronk. No, nah, I think he's a little smaller. No, I thought he was like six five, two fifty, something like that. Rob Gronk, how t- I thought Gronk was like six six or something. Gronk is six six, and Pat is six five. 
Oh, Gronk was so, six. One inch shorter, but you know that kind of just puts him at the same height as just about every other tight end. I think Gronk right. is like a tall six six. Right. <laughs> you know, with the on. like he's he's a tall six six. Right. Um, yeah, the good thing about him, I think the good thing about him is that like he can block too. So like yeah. you know, is there's a chance of him being on the field a ton? You know, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's and I think like TJ Hawkinson, you know, great tight end prospect. He was taken top ten. Yeah. Um, Pat Freermuth, decent. You know, good tight end prospect. Probably early round two type guy. But yeah, I, I see him as more possession type receiver. Right. Um, no, I don't think he's going to be a first rounder. Maybe no. early to mid second round. Right. Um, yeah, just because it comes down to like, I think Jacksonville might be a team to take, you know, if they took Pat with the their second first round pick, then I think that'd be a good spot to grab him. But then again, they have that early round pick in the second round. So I don't know. I, I just don't think he's going to be in the first round. I think it's going to be Kyle Pitts. I think this could be this giant gap. And then it's going to be Pat Freermuth and Brevin Jordan, who I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get right into Brevin Jordan. Um, like Brevin Jordan's fast. Like he'll he'll play as a receiver, right in the slot, like you yes. said, most likely, uh, what you're talking about. But you know he has to have the right fit. Like he hardly does any blocking, <laughs> so like we have no idea if he'll add that to his repertoire at any point. Um, he's pretty good after the catch in terms of breaking tackles. Yeah, he's, he's pretty great athletic. after the catch. Yeah, he's pretty athletic. Um, <laughs> someone I think you can take a flyer on if you're tight end needy in dynasty. Um, he's he's not considered like a red zone guy. Because he doesn't have that catch radius. A lot of these he's other six foot three have. as well. He's not that six foot five. Oh, six he's foot a six, six foot three. Oh, okay, okay. So you know, which kind of sucks because like that's a big part of like your fantasy tight ends game. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. Like, listen, like George Kittle. Like, look at George Kittle, right? Like his thing is like running after the catch. Like that's what he does best. So yeah. you know, the, you know, th- these are the type of guys that you want to look for. And this guy, you know, despite him not being on the field for those blocking reps, that's okay. You know, we see a lot of these tight ends now. You know, they're not really blocking anymore, but they'll line up, you know, in the Z or in the slot. Um, and, yeah. and and they're fine. And I, I hate to say it, and I hate to be that guy, but Brevin Jordan is like that Evan Ingram type, David Njoku type athletic tight end who probably shouldn't be blocking, but he can be a really good receiver at times, like a tall wide receiver. Um, and he just, that that's who he is in this class. Pat Freemuth is going to be that possession type guy. I mean, that all-around possession type tight end. Kyle Pitts is just on another freaking level, the best tight end prospect we might have ever seen. And then you have Brevin Jordan, who's going to be that athletic playmaking tight end, like you said, after the catch. Um, Janu is a lot taller than him, and Janu actually is a pretty good blocker. But I kind of compare him to, like, how Janu plays. Um, and I guess not in the red zone. I don't know, just after the catch. No, I feel like Janu is great after the catch type tight end. So... Yeah, that's how I view these guys. Um, I, I do like Pat a little more than Brevin, but I think both Brevin and Pat will be good second-round um, tight ends. I think Brevin and Pat should go to the Pats. They should have four tight ends there. <laughs> I, uh, I was saying I hope the Patriots – as someone put it on Twitter, uh, I was like, I hope the right after like they sign Hunter Henry on top of John New, like, okay, they have to draft Kyle Pitts for good measure now. They just have to make sure <laughs> like, they're in a good spot. <laughs> All right, so another guy I wanted to mention was Hunter Long. Um, he doesn't seem like him, someone. So. He, he doesn't seem like someone like who stands out in terms of being a real difference maker in the passing game. Uh, he was productive. Like I feel like he could be like a Zach Ertz kind of guy, like at his peak. You know, meaning like he'll depend on those receptions, but like, and there's no doubt he could be productive because he was productive. But it's more about like, is he going to do a lot with the ball after the catch? And it doesn't seem like he's that type of guy um tommy tommy tremble just want to like mention him quickly he might be someone who's a little bit versatile like he can he can he could uh, block a little bit he can run some routes um but yeah man that's pretty much it like you know we don't There's really also a guy named trey mckitty yeah, yeah trey, uh, trey mckitty i just too, wanted to he, mention I, his name yeah he's an amazing name um he he I, the reason why i didn't bring him up is because like he needs to work a little bit more on running routes and his passing game. And he's not super developed in that area. Um, but he's, he is apparently uh, a decent blocker. I think, I think I got that right. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> these are the guys, things. these are basically the guys like I'm, I'm looking at a couple of these tight ends. You might not even have the draft, honestly, in, sure. even in the, in like a three round dynasty uh, draft rookie draft. Like you might not have to pick these guys up. 
Um, they could be free agents. It depends on what, what your league is like and you know what kind of tenant premiums you have. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Um, you know, these are the quarterback and tight end um, guys that we're looking at, you know, to be fantasy relevant uh, this year and, you know, for the coming years. Um, next week, we're going to go over running backs. The week after that, we're going to go over wide receivers. And that surprise is still in store for that yes. week, two weeks from this week, where we're going the to wide have receiver a special, we're gonna have a special <laughs> guest for that wide receiver episode. We're not going to say who, just in case he cancels on us. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> he's big time. He's big time. He's big time. If he cancels on us, we're not going to get mad because he's big time. Uh, yeah. for I, mean, us, I don't think Vaughn would do that, would he? Von Miller? No, he wouldn't. Okay. Yeah, he wouldn't. Von Miller in the wire super episode. Um, <laughs> You're like drunk right. and... <laughs> Yo, Vaughn, we got this oh, podcast. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's pretty much it, guys. Like, I, uh, you know, sorry we couldn't record an episode last week. I know a couple people messaged me asking about the off. episode. Uh, but, you know, I, I appreciate you guys letting us have a little week off here. Uh, and we're going to get right back into it next week once again. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you can... Leave us a review on on Apple Podcasts. That would be amazing. Um, and yeah, just hit us up on Instagram. I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy. Joe is at fantasy.football.analyst. Uh, hope you guys take care. Hope this was informative. Stay safe, and we'll see you guys soon. Take it easy. See you.